Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome to Live with C-Sharp, former psychologist and current life coach, Mrs. Chris Elward. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, C-Sharp. It's always a pleasure to spend any kind of time with you. I agree. I love spending time with you, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're in agreement already. That's cool. All right. So we're talking about mental health awareness, mental health wellness for the month of May and music, of course. And of course, I wanted to start this show off asking you, aside from people totally loving listening to music and enjoying it, how does listening to music benefit our brains and our mental well-being? What's going on in our brains when we listen to music? Well, let me start with the short answer. What we have found through research uh, is a number of things that is really interesting. First of all, that music can improve your mood and it can actually reduce stress. It Music can boost brain chemicals. Uh, music can make you more productive, more creative. Actually, music can make you a better person. And so all of those things are just, you know, some of the kudos that goes to, you know, people who have produced and who are presenting this music to us. Those are all great reasons to listen to music. Now, is there a specific kind of music or different music impacts different people differently? Yeah, it it depends. It depends on... Um, actually what you're trying to accomplish with the music and the type of music that you like. And that's a common question. What's the best kind of music to listen to? And so consider what you hope to achieve. For instance, listening to tunes with lyrics um, could be distracting if you're trying to learn and process new information. However, the same kind of music can actually be helpful if you're working on, you know, kind of boring things. So the other part of it, the other side of it, is that there is research that says that listening to the wrong kind of music for specific situations can sometimes be dangerous. Um, For instance, patients that have undergone heart surgery, they should not listen to heavy metal music or techno sounds. Um, And so, you know, because it can... um, not only lead to stress, but even life-threatening arrhythmias. So actually, you want to listen to music that you like. One person's music can be another person's noise. (laughs) The big thing, you know, we're talking about mental health, and um, we all know that 2021, it can be very challenging. We're in the midst of the pandemic. There's social unrest. There are weather changes. Um, People are uh, having to adjust to uh, things that they never, ever imagined. And so music and improving your mood and reducing stress is a pretty big deal right now. Listening to upbeat music can improve your mood. Chris, you were talking about the the pandemic just a moment ago, and that leads me to my next question. During the pandemic, people have been dealing with so much at one time. You mentioned yeah. some factors, instability, uncertainty. 
loss and tons of grief, of course, depression, anxiety, fear, and even facing the reality of who you are as a person when everything that you normally do is no more, it can be overwhelming. It can. So it absolutely can. How do we begin to safely cope and deal with just one, let alone many of those concerns? Well, the goal is to find joy in the acceptance of what is. When we are consistently fighting against this new norm, this new reality, then we are putting ourselves in a position of cognitive dissonance, which is very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And so accepting where we are in this moment and taking the time to be grateful for what we do have and fostering things like kindness and service and just being gentle and loving, we have an opportunity here because we can't do as many of the frenetic activity that we could before. Go ahead and explain what frenetic is. (laughs) Oh, just crazy busy, crazy busy, running here, running there. We don't need to do that. This is an opportunity. I've I've really looked at this whole pandemic as um, an opportunity for transformation, where we get to slow down. We get to think about things like, who am I? What am I? Where am I going? Where have I come from? What's my purpose in life? Important questions that a lot of us don't take the time to consider, and yet they can make all the difference in the world. Mm. Let's go backwards just a little bit. Mm -hmm. You talked about acceptance. Yes, acceptance is the key. Right. How do people begin to take steps towards acceptance? Well, there is a, um, a process. And I'm going to go to the process of grieving because many people are doing that right now. And there are steps that have been, um, and author Kubler-Ross put forth in um, just looking at like the death and dying and, and grieving process, which actually is an acknowledgement of emotion, energy in motion, that cycles through uh, a number of different phases. And so acknowledging our feelings about what is, you know, what is it I'm feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And what is the healthy thing to do about it? And in doing that, we're making a movement towards more acceptance more acceptance that, um, yeah, maybe I'm not going to be able to do that same activity in the same way, or maybe I'm not going to be able to have, you know, that connection uh, with that group of people in this particular way. And so we have to look for new ways. And so then we get to tap into that part of the brain that is just so fabulous, uh, creativity you know, and become creative in our ways of expressing ourselves, in our ways of connecting, 
in our ways of dealing with our feelings or dealing with adversity. Creativity, it's one of the things that we have more time for now, hopefully. Chris, I want want to uh, shift gears just a little bit and talk about, or if you could talk about generational cycles. Can you talk about generational cycles and pain and how to break them? Uh, A lot of times we just look at ourselves and this is my issue, my problem, or this is just me, but we may not understand what we have inherited from our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. Number one, they're pretty powerful. Let's step back for a minute. Before there's even a generational, let's let's talk about some core primal trauma, okay? People have had trauma when they were really, really young. There's so many of us that want to say, well, that doesn't affect me today. And Upon examination, I'm going to guess that there are probably ways that it's getting in your way. Here we are in this time and age where we not only have all these environmental and, um, you know, pandemical, is that even a word? It is Um, right now. (laughs) Okay, we just made that up. Um, You know, circumstances. And um, even before any of this stuff started, I mean, people were struggling. I was a psychologist for 26 years, and I worked with people who were struggling because what they really, really wanted was to live lives of love, peace, and joy. And they weren't experiencing that. And some of it came from, you know, these childhood patterns and traumas and, you know, the traumas with a capital T, but also the traumas with a small T. Now, add to that generational patterns, let's say alcoholism, let's say drug addiction, let's say abuse, um, let's say overeating. Uh, All of these things are also given to us in the package called life that we get to unpack and decide what we're going to own and what we're going to let go of. When I said, you know, that this is a time of opportunity, this is a time of transformation, it can be all of those things right from generational patterns to, you know, childhood trauma, to, you know, capital T adult traumas, you know, all of these things impact how we are in the world. The good news is that we have the opportunity to change all of it and step into the reality of who we really are. People who are truly joyful are people who are, have not only discovered their purpose in life, but they're actually carrying it through. Now, can we be clear, Chris, because sometimes you say joyful or happiness, and that can translate to people that nothing negative or bad ever happens or that you don't go through any uh, challenging experiences? Is it a matter of being joyful despite the experience that you're going going through, taking it back to accepting what is going on, even though you may not be able to change it? Yes, 
says it does not mean that the bad things are are not going to happen. It means that we have that sense of joy, we have that sense of peace in the midst of it, that we have a place inside of ourselves that we go to. It's like the eye of the storm, and there's this place that we go to within ourselves um, where we can maintain that presence of peace, that presence of joy, and um, and we don't attach ourselves to the drama that is all around us. Now, Chris, you make this sound easy. So I'm going to be 70 years old this year, and I have spent the better part of my life searching for my purpose in life and carrying that through. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of work, but I'm going to tell you that it has been so worth it. And the biggest thing that I have found that has helped me to grow is to be in service to others and to really look at what it means to make this world a better place. I have not had an easy life. And I've had lots of trauma with a capital T, and I've had trauma with a small t. And so I'm not coming from a place of not knowing what hard times are all about. Um, I'm coming from a place of extending hope to people and saying, you can get through this, and you can get through this with joy. But I also want to encourage people, um, C-sharp, um, to also know that they don't have to do it alone, you know, that there there are people here, you know, that are willing to help, to serve, to guide. Um, and I want to encourage people who get really stuck to, um, you know, find uh, a counselor, find um, a life coach, find somebody who can guide them through the minefield, I would like to wrap up this conversation. It's been a great conversation. Um, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) We always have a good time, C-Sharp. We do. We do. With with this last question today, in the midst of a pandemic, what can people currently do to affordably improve or maintain their mental well-being? Oh, my gosh. Get outside. Get outside, go to a park, get in nature, really allow yourself to feel the sun on your face, to feel your legs moving, move, exercise, eat healthy food, the greener, the better, you know, eating the rainbow. I know, I know you've heard all these things, but it is, it is the basis Okay, when we tend to the body in that way, then it's going to allow us to see things a little more clearly. And it's going to allow us to just step back from being immersed in negativity. Um, So I really encourage people to um, to get outside and encourage people. Meditation doesn't cost a darn thing. And you can go on YouTube and find any number of kinds of meditations. Um, reading, reading good, uplifting materials, and again, getting the the ocular motor control part of the brain going, Um, 
and connecting in really healthy ways. Find a way to serve. Put in a, a, a practice of kindness. You know, does that older woman on the street need her lawn cut? Hmm, maybe I'll go find out. Um, do I, can I, you know, uplift the person that I'm encountering in the store? Can I compliment them? Can I smile at them? Do you know how far a smile goes? You know, that's a way that we can serve other people, that we can bring our light into the world. And in doing so, we're going to feel better. And help other people to feel better as well. Yes, it's so synergistic. Absolutely. Chris, I want to say thank you so much for oh, taking you're time. So welcome. Thank you so much for coming on live with C Sharp and helping to shed some light on how people can improve their mental well-being, the impact of music, and how we can move through these pandemic times. I appreciate you and uh, look forward, of course, to the next time we get to talk. <laughs> Wonderful. And thank you and your station for the service that you do.